Welcome to The Adapter's Advantage, the podcast that shares insider stories about breakthrough moments that lead to success. Get ready for an inspiring conversation about adapting to change from Alego, the all-in-one sales enablement platform built for success in a hybrid world. Let's dive right in. Hi, I'm Mark Magnaca, and I want to welcome you to the next episode of the Adapter's Advantage podcast. Today, my guest is John Ferrara. John's a serial entrepreneur and noted speaker about social sales and marketing. He's reimagined the CRM business by building Nimble, the simple CRM for Office 365 and G Suite. John's best known as the co-founder of Goldmine Software Company, which is a software product that I used, one of the early pioneers in the customer relationship management for small to medium-sized businesses. He's been recognized by Forbes as one of the top 10 social CEOs, one of the top 10 social salespeople in the world, and one of the top 100 marketing influencers. So with that, John, welcome to the podcast. Mark, I'm so excited to be here. I, uh, I think that we grow by helping other people grow and what better way to help them grow than to tell stories that inspire and educate them and uh, help them on their journey to success. Well, I have to tell you on a personal note, I'm um, I'm so glad someone that's of uh, roughly the same vintage as I am is noted as one of the top 10 social salespeople uh, in the world. Um, it just goes to show that uh, if you're willing to try, you can succeed at that kind of uh, regardless of whether you're a millennial or not. Old dogs, baby, old dogs. You got it. You got it. Well, let's jump right in. Um, you're doing you you're doing you have done so many different things. Uh, I'd like to start off with one question, John, which is simply when you meet people for the first time or they see the shirt nimble and they say, so nimble, uh, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Well, Mark, it's really simple. I think that we're on this planet to grow our soul and we do that best by helping other people grow theirs. And uh, and what I do, the way I found a way to blow in in other people's sales at scale is to help them achieve their dreams by building better relationships to get there. Because ultimately it's the people that you surround yourself with that can facilitate you to achieve your dreams. And we all try to do this, but we struggle because if you do what you're taught today, which is build an identity in all the places where your prospects, customers, and ideally their influencers uh, grow and learn, and to begin to share content on a daily basis to inspire and educate others about how you might help them grow. And then listen and engage with the intent not to sell, but to serve them. You won't help but to build and grow your brand and your network. And when you do, you're going to struggle to manage that network because the Dunbar limit states that there's only 100 or 200 people you can manage your head at one time. And if you are practicing modern social selling uh, or whatever you want to call building your brand and growing your network by sharing content and listening and engaging, you're going to get so overconnected, you're going to need a tool to be, quote, nimble. And that's what I do. I help people be more nimble in their relationships to achieve their dreams. I love that, John. It really, it summarizes it so nicely. I, I, we just had a conversation uh, internally about this 150. I think Malcolm Gladwell has talked about this as well. And, and the notion that, you know, for most of human history, it was, uh, it was not something that was even plausible that most people would know more than 150 people. Like we, yeah. we sort of weren't set up to do that. 
Um, but now we are, and there's no question that most people, myself included, need some technology to help us to be able to do that. But before we get into it, I want to go back in time for a little bit. I remember when we had our first chat, you mentioned about working on your dad's Subaru car dealership lot. And I'm just curious, um, what did you get exposed to working in that environment that's helped you as a, an entrepreneur as you've grown your business? Well, I'd have to say one of the biggest things is the grit of an entrepreneur, right? It is not an easy road. You, you know that, Mark. And um, I think that it really takes persistence, um, wild persistence to achieve most success. And my dad had ups and downs. He, he was the number one Lincoln Mercury guy in the 50s. Uh, he saw the small car revolution in the 70s. And uh, he got the first, one of the first Subaru dealerships in California. And watching him, you know, achieve those things and then lose it all, um, really taught me about the 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 power of entrepreneurship and and what's required to get it done. The other thing that I learned is my dad's innate skills in connecting with people. Uh, he was a relationship guy. He would talk to anybody. He felt that he wanted to connect with people. And he did that on a regular basis to the point where it embarrassed me. I, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, why do you have to talk to everybody? And, uh, and, and then his, uh, his sales skills, he, 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 he did things to achieve sales, including uh, picking up the phone and dialing nobody and pretending he's talking to his manager to try to get the best deal he could for the customer sitting in front of him. <laughs> all of this essentially made me think, I, I never want to be my dad. I, I don't want to be a sole uh, catcher. I don't want to be a salesperson. I wanted to be my uncle. My uncle John invented radar and microwave at MIT in the 40s and it was a uh, aerospace entrepreneur and uh and mucky muck uh president of ieee uh had his own waveguide bending aerospace company he was uh uh the dean of the engineering school at my college he was on the board of water and power in northridge hospital he was just he was like a big mucky muck guy and i grew up with the space program so i wanted to be an astronaut i wanted to be a technologist and that's why i bought my first computer in 78 but the funny thing is, is that for me to get my degree in computer science, I had to work my way through school. And because I knew everything about computers, I got a job at a computer store and I fell into sales there because there were no computers on desktops. And I sold the first 300,000 IBM PCs to Southern California corporations at 55% margin. And so I became my dad. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say, now it's, it's so interesting John, uh, almost at a cosmic level where uh, you talked about helping people, you know, in, in the development of the soul, I, I find that who we have as parents is, is usually not a coincidence, right? It's, it's yeah. not a coincidence. And what's so fascinating is even though you were enamored with um, all the cool stuff your uncle was doing, what, what is so fascinating to me as you just shared the story is that your father's innate sense of connection, look at how that's impacted you. Yeah. First with Goldmine and now with Nimble. Yeah. Right? The essence yep. of it is connection. Well, the essence of Goldmine and Nimble is relationships. Yeah. But if you think about CRM, it stands for customer relationship management, but it should stand for customer reporting management because CRMs aren't about relationships. They're about command and control and reporting. 
The reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. Nobody in the right mind would use a serum if they weren't beat on to do it. And that's why out of 225 million global businesses, less than 1% use any CRM. So why do people, why did you have, why did people love Goldmine and ACT? It's one of its peers in the time is because it was built to empower that person to build and connect relationships that help them achieve life and business success. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think that if not for my father, maybe we would not have CRM today. <laughs> wow, wow. Now I gotta, I do have to ask though, you just said a statistic. I wanna make sure I heard it correctly. You said out of, I think I heard, out of 225 million global businesses, was that yeah. right? Less than 1% use any CRM. Most people's CRM is spreadsheets, post-it notes, or their inbox. Even now? Yes. Wow. So that's why um, in this in this market, when when Salesforce runs ads, we're number one in in CRM. Um, they may be, but but that's it, uh, there's still a big part of the addressable market here that's not being touched by anybody. That's right. And I think that the addressable market isn't necessarily looking for uh, a sales CRM because most people don't just sell. They they really build pay it forward relationships that result in some sort of measurable business outcome, biz dev, uh, all, all kinds of different things that people do, PR, uh, influencer marketing. And so I think what the world needs is a really great contact platform, not just for individual people, but the whole team. Because if you think about most companies, the operating system of their business is either Google or Microsoft. It's Microsoft 365 or Google Cloud Works or whatever they call that thing, G Suite these days, yep. which is email, contact, and calendar. But neither of those platforms provide a team contact platform with their system. In other words, every team member has a separate contact database. And those contacts aren't necessarily linked to the email and calendar interactions that the team's doing, let alone tasks or the background of the person. And so what Nimble does is layer on top of G Suite and off Microsoft and Google to provide that team contact platform, not just for salespeople, but the whole company. And I, I think that's what the biggest opportunity in the marketplace is serving that specific need. I think there's something else you have. You know, you, you clearly have an interest, I'll call it in the engineering side of the business, but what's different about you is you've been a salesperson. So not just on the lot at the Subaru dealership and, and maybe others before that, but um, just give us a quick sense of your experience as a salesperson. First, at, uh, you came from the, the computer store, then to Banyan, and then, and then what, during this period of time, what sparked for you your first big epiphany in this regard relative to the idea for Goldmine? So, so my first job was at a software store called Personal Power. <laughs> um, and uh was it run by tony robbins no it was run <laughs> by a guy who ran jeffrey's uh some sort of a stock firm and he got yeah. burned out on that and he started a software store but so I, I got a job at a software store then i got a job at a computer store and uh and i was making eighty thousand dollars a year working part-time living at home in 1981. uh that's a lot of money back a lot then. of money then for sure um but I didn't want to be my dad, so I quit my job and got a job at Hughes Space and Com and worked in aerospace for two years. And after two years in aerospace, I figured out I'm not an aerospace guy. And I got a job at a software startup called Banyan Vines. They put me in as a systems engineer for a year and then put me into sales. And in the sales role, I struggled with 
managing leads and turn those into deals. So leads weren't even leads. They were sheets of paper called computer intelligence reports with phone numbers of IT people and big corporations in my territory in Texas. So I'd cold call them. I'd make notes on the paper. I'd put my forecast on uh, a spreadsheet once a month the night before it was due. I'd communicate with my team with pink while you're out slips and I'd do my uh, appointments, my day timer. And that was contact management, SFA, CRM rolled into one. And so I, I, because I worked my way through college in a computer store, I knew every software program on the market. There were only 300 programs or so, and none of them were networkable because file record locking was just happening at that moment. So because I lived through the infancy of microcomputers, I bought my first computer in 78. That's basically when the microcomputer was introduced. Um, I knew the whole journey to there and I was able to understand my problem because I lived it, I had it. And then I was able to look at all the programs on the marketplace to see if there's a program that integrated email, contact and calendar and sales and market automation, not just for myself, but my wider team. What is that wider team? The wider team was everybody in the district office, there's about five or 10 people in district office, sales manager, salespeople, systems engineer, secretary, and corporate, which included uh, product management, shipping, tech support, customer service, leadership, because these types of deals that we do at Banyan, you'd sell 60,000 seats to a big corporation. So it involved a whole team of people sure. in the pre and post sales cycle. And I wanted a relationship manager that enabled the entire team in the uh, cycle of the relationship to participate in that journey. I couldn't find it, so I built it. Wow, wow. So so let's just talk about, I mean, for, for people who um, you know have, have come up um, say even in the last 10 years, it's, it's hard to realize, uh, it's hard to fully recognize um, how big a deal Goldmine was. I, I actually was just, um, I did a podcast with Ger Gerhard Schwantner, who is the- uh, Gerhard, he, he actually helped to uh, put us on the map with his personal Selling Power uh, magazine. That's right. Yeah. And so he's still doing it. It's just called Selling Power now. But I remember there were ads, there were stories. I mean- it was it was goldmine and act. So my, my question for you is: You come up with this idea. Um, what was the biggest surprise that you had as someone who went from being a salesperson to an entrepreneur building this company? How much time it took in the day to get shit done, <laughs> and and how you had to do everything yourself. Uh, you know that that picture of the guy uh, putting up wallpaper and you know doing all right. the. Right. Uh, I could actually show you pictures of me shrink wrapping uh, boxes and putting on uh, laser printed labels on uh, five and a quarter inch discs, um, you know, in order to sell those boxes and stuff. So I think that the um, it's just a lot of work to build a company and, uh, and it takes a lot of time. And you go through a lot of shit. Uh, sometimes it's kind of like that scene in Shawshank Redemption where you're crawling through that sewer pipe, uh, <laughs> right. uh, you know? But yeah. then you get these great moments where you get to the other side and you get in the river and you're washed clean and the rain clears you and you know, you, you've you made magic. And you know, when we grew that company, without any venture capital on $5,000 between us to a company that really pioneered the category 
and with sales over 100 million plus, uh, and then selling it for cash 10 years later, it's it, it was uh, it was an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a remarkable it's sort of a it's a quintessential American entrepreneurial story. Of course, you know it's only a small number that that end up like that, but it's so great um, to be able to just to connect those dots. So what it makes me think of, John, is when you look for salespeople now. You know, you spent a lot of time as a young person, then being a salesperson yourself, then effectively serving salespeople in the course of the goldmine era, and now, of course, with Nimble. What do you look for in terms of salespeople that you want to hire or work with? Well, I believe that service is the new sales, and that nobody wants to be bagged or tagged or sold. And uh, and I I think that uh, a good salesperson is interested in growing the person that he's selling to. And so I look for somebody who has a, uh, who's first off uh, intelligent, has a strong desire to learn and grow and, uh, and has, uh, and is very detail oriented with good follow-up and follow through. It's the basics that wins games and follow-up and follow through will make or break you. And, uh, and, I'm not necessarily interested in a people person or somebody who talks a lot. I'd rather them listen more than they talk. Uh, and, um, and so I think that the modern salesperson is nowhere near like the fuller brush uh, sales person. I think that sales has evolved and, but I don't think our tools have evolved with us. Mm -hmm. It's a great, it's a great point, John, because, um, I can tell you, I've been doing a lot of research on this topic, and McKinsey actually had a piece where they were talking about how how much of sales, even pre-pandemic, was still very much performance-based. And it's not that there's no element of performance in what you and I are doing right now, but what you just described is sort of that, um, almost a parody of the backslapping, super big personality relationship. Um, that had a place in its time, but I think what we're seeing is that when when most customers are doing 60 or 70% of the research uh, on what they want to buy before they engage with a salesperson, it's a totally different type of relationship they want to have with you, in my experience, relative to your ability to help them be a better buyer versus, as you put it, a bag tag and feeling like you've been, you've sold. been sold. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that people buy great products, they buy better versions of themselves. So stop talking about yourself and your product. Nobody cares. Start talking about how you can help people become better, smarter, faster at scale. If you give your knowledge away on a daily basis, um, you'll become the trusted advisor of your prospect, your customer, and their influencer. And when they need your products and services, not only will they pick up the phone and call you, but they'll drag their friends with them. Uh, I'm curious in your own situation, John, You know, so you, you sell, gold mine you're pretty young when this all happened even though you had worked for a decade to make it I'm still look at me maybe <laughs> <laughs> so i'm you know from an entrepreneurial standpoint did you plan okay i've sold i basically don't need to work now um and then that's it i'm going to retire or did you have some vision that um i've got this in me and i, I got to keep developing my own soul so when I first sold Goldmine, I thought that I'd go and do something else. Um, and uh, about a year into that whole journey, I got a head tumor and almost died. And um, 
thank God I'm here today. Uh, and so going through the process of healing with Western medicine, I did some Eastern soul searching, if you will. And that's where I really came to the conclusion that I'm on this planet to grow my soul in the brief period of time I'm here. The best way I can grow my soul is by helping other people grow theirs. The best people to do that with are the people that you love. Uh, and that being my close family, I just had my second baby. And I decided to dedicate myself to the next period of my life to be a present father, uh, husband, and member of my community. Because as an entrepreneur, Mark, you know how much time it takes uh, and what it takes. And I basically dedicated 10 years to growing goldmine to the detriment of my relationships with my family and my friends and my community. And so I was blessed to be uh, fortunate enough to be able to make that decision. And it's the best decision I made uh, ever. Uh, it, uh, there's just precious moments that dads miss because most of them are so busy working all their lives. And, um, and it's, uh, it was amazing. It's such a great uh, reminder, and I really appreciate your sharing it. And specifically, this the, the phrase that you used about being present. Um, you know, it has implications in our home life with our family and the people closest to us. But it, but I think people forget, as you just pointed out, it has implications in the community. It has implications in your role in sales as well. This ability to be present. So I, I'm curious how you apply that now in this world of hyper distraction where sometimes you know you see people at a dinner and it's a husband and wife and they're both looking at the phone, uh, not even talking to each other. How do you maintain presence when there's so much distraction, particularly for personality types who are easily distracted? Well, Mark, it's hard. Uh, I find myself every day gnawing at the bone of, um, of the devices that we're addicted to. Yeah. Um, but I try to remind myself to put it down and, and be here now. That's actually a book that was popular. Ram Das, right? Yeah. 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 I actually have that book. <laughs> Wait, it, that, it, that had a profound impact on Wayne Dyer too, that book. Yeah, it did. Um, so uh, an example of which is how many times have you been in the checkout counter at the market and you're staring at your phone and you don't see that you need to hit enter or do something on the on the machine in front of you in order to complete the transaction. And that poor checker is looking at you kind of going, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so the best gift you can give another human being is your presence and your attention. And uh, and if all you give them is that and and the smile, you've gifted them with something beautiful in that moment. And I think that that's so important to do, uh, especially in these moments that we're living through. It's, it, it's been hard on so many people. I have, I have a close friend that died of COVID. I have a, uh, a cl another close friend that their parent just died. Um, and there's a lot of people out there struggling. And so I think that we need to have grace and empathy and presence as much as possible uh, to just, just be connected with other people. It's so important. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, I'm, uh, I've learned a lot here, John question, uh, last question based on your experience and in, in your journey so far, what would you say is the most important skill that you think people should learn or improve today? 
I think listening. I think listening helps you to learn what you need in order to find ways to add value. And I think if you could add value to others at scale, that's a goldmine right there. Uh, I think Zig Ziglar said it best, the more people you help grow, the more you'll grow. Uh, the more people you help achieve their dreams, the more you will. And so um, I think that uh, listening and empathy are uh, two great uh, skills um, that, uh, that anybody can use for success. My favorite quote from Zig related to what you just said is if you help enough people get what they want, you can have anything you want. Essentially the same words. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that more people, um, there's more people I know that uh, have read uh, books like this that uh, that are retired like like me or did retire. <laughs> um, and, and, and the recipe for success in that book I just showed you by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich is really, really simple. PPP, passion, plan, and purpose. If you could figure out what your passion is, build a plan to achieve it, make it your purpose on a daily basis, you could do anything that you want in life. And so most people, they don't, they don't know what their passion is, or if they do, they don't have a plan to achieve it. If they do have a plan, they don't make it their purpose on a daily basis. And all you've got to do is figure out what is resonating for you in this universe. And uh, that's your passion and build a plan to achieve it. Take that plan and put it on your mirror, put it on your refrigerator. Every morning you get up and brush your teeth, say to yourself, what am I doing to get from here to there? And every day, just put one more foot in front of each other. And no, maybe in, uh, in two years, you don't get there, but in 10 years you do. And maybe there isn't where you thought you were going to be but you're going to be getting someplace and that's the secret sauce to success is um is keep putting that foot in front of each other towards a uh, a planned goal uh, I'm, I'm right there with you so john it's been such a pleasure to connect with you if, if people want to learn more about you uh they want to learn more about nimble including more details on on how they may be able to bring this to their company what's the best way to do that well, here's one last tip for you. Google yourself because the people that engage with you will. <clears throat> are you happy with how you show up on that first page? If not, do something about it. You can fix it by building a Wikipedia page on yourself and your company. And it's easy and free as long as you follow the rules and you can control how people will see you. So Google me. Uh, you'll see me, John, J-O-N, Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A. Uh, connect with me on whatever channel is most comfortable for you. And I'll make it easy. My email is jon at nimble.com. So you want to talk to me? There's a way to reach out. And if you do go sign up for nimble, nimble.com, and you find that it, it might be useful for you as a personal CRM, because I think we all need a personal CRM or as a contact platform for your whole company uh, and do want to become a subscriber, I'm going to give you another gift, 40% off your first three months. Just put in the code JON40 in the uh, when you become a subscriber, and we'll save you some money. JON40. Okay, I'm on it. John, such a pleasure. Uh, really hope to continue this conversation, and thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to The Adapter's Advantage, a podcast from Alego. Stay connected by subscribing to the show at alego.com forward slash podcast.
leaving us a rating and comment, and sharing episodes you love. That helps us bring you more conversations about breakthrough moments that lead to success. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember that one new idea can change your life.